Do you remember the song? If you haven't already connected with us on our emails, uh, go ahead and do that. You can go to firstcovenantlincoln.org and go to latest news. You can find out everything that's going on right now, how to stay connected. Uh, you can give while you're there. Um, if you're not on those, that email list, though, I encourage you to go there right now. Get signed up so that you can stay connected with uh, news and things as they come out and ministries as they come back online and that sort of thing. Um, I do want to say thank you to those that have continued to give uh, and used online or bill pay, pay to do so. And especially if you've given to the online streaming fund to help improve the technology that you're seeing here. Thanks a lot. Uh, we really appreciate your generosity. I want to invite uh, kids to gather around. Uh, I'll give you just a second to, uh, if your kids are somewhere in close proximity, to get their attention. Because as we begin in worship this morning, we're going to have our opening song of worship is going to be Sherry Stazwick doing Bubbling. And we want kids, and if you know the song and you're grown up, you can hop around in your living room too and bubble in your soul as well. We're going to start with that song. So here we go with our opening song of worship. Do you remember the song we usually start with? Are you ready? Squat down, get ready to bubble. It's Stop! 
Let's pray together. Almighty God, it's in you that we live and move and have our being, and we give you thanks and praise today for the gifts that you graciously give to us. We thank you for the gift of life. We thank you that you are the one who sustains us each and every moment of our lives. We thank you for the beautiful creation and the spring that's popping up all around us. We thank you, God, for this family of faith, our church family. We thank you for eternal life that you've given to us through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Lord, you have been so gracious to us. Would you allow us and enable us to live lives that are marked by gratitude in return? Help us to be gracious towards others. Help us to follow Christ's example of love. Help us to think less of ourselves and to think more of others. On this Memorial Day weekend, Lord God, we honor the men and women in uniform who have put others ahead of themselves to the very fullest extent, placing their lives ahead of their own, placing others' lives. Lord, we hold those people in our hearts today. We also pray for Pastor Evan as he leads our congregation, and we pray for ourselves that you would empower each one of us to be not only your children, but to be your ambassadors and your ministers. We pray for the sick in our congregation. Help us to respond to the needs of others around us. Give us stamina to follow you. And Lord, we also want to pray a, a special blessing on our graduates today. Would you bless not only our graduates, but also their families as they celebrate this milestone? And I pray, Lord, for the, the three who are graduating from this congregation, that you would empower them to walk into their futures with faith and hope and great love, that they would make the world a better place. Thank you, God, for the talents that they have and the ways that they will carry those talents forward um, into ongoing school and future jobs. And I thank you for the opportunity you've given to us as a congregation to know them and be with them in this church community. And while they were in the short time they were with us, Lord, now they have their whole lives ahead of them. And I pray that you would use them to be a gift to other people. We pray all of this in the name of the one who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I do want to show you, we're going to honor our graduates, and we did that with a video. But every year they get these little gifts, and you may wonder what's inside of them. And so the three graduates will be, um, the gift will be delivered after worship today but they are getting a stamp for all those books that they're going to read in the f near future as they go off to college. And then they've got some magnets for that dorm fridge of theirs. And this is a gift on behalf of the congregation. You may have noticed in the Friday email and the Sunday email that you all have plans at 8.20 tonight. If you didn't know that, now you do. I want you to step outside your front door, bang some pots and pans, make some noise, 
because that's how we're going to celebrate graduates here in Lincoln, Nebraska. They much has been shifted in their final quarter of school. And so um, this would be the day that most of them would celebrate their graduation. And so we want them to put on their caps and gowns and walk down the street. Hopefully it doesn't rain so that we can congratulate them and celebrate them. In a moment, we'll go to this video, but you need to know that I had the privilege of um, recording this on Zoom, uh, just a little in short interview which, with each of our graduates. We recognize Thomas Callens, Evan Miller, and Joe, James Admiral, excuse me. And as I thought about it this morning, I realized all three of them, you may not know this about them, but they are exceptional leaders. And they're receiving awards from their schools in leader, music leadership. One received a leadership award, another is a leader in their band, and a leader president of their National Music Honor Society. One is secretary of their Music Honor Society. A couple of them are receiving scholarships. All three of them are receiving university scholarships for where they're headed. Um, some, they are in National Honor Society and French Club and Academic All-State. Um, the highest music award one of them could get in their school they received. So we have much to celebrate with our three graduates this year. They have accomplished a lot and they will accomplish a lot in the future. And I'm sure you're wondering, everyone asks graduating seniors, what are you doing next? Um, where are you headed? And so we did a little short video where we asked them the question of where they're going next. And then we asked them a question about how First Covenant Church or the ministries that extend out of this congregation have impacted them. Um, they each were asked a different question. So listen closely as you hear a little bit of who they are through this video. Okay, I have James Admiral joining me on Zoom, and we want to highlight each one of our seniors. So here's James. Can you tell us what high school you're graduating from and what your future plans are after graduation? All right, I'm uh, graduating from Lincoln Lutheran, and after I graduate, I'll be going to UNL next fall, and I'll be studying mechanical engineering. Okay, and James, uh, how about if you tell us what kind of advice would you give to the students who are younger than you as far as the, encouraging them in their relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you have any advice for them? I would say just keep spiritually nourished in your faith. Um, and that means just uh, being in God's word all the time and reminding yourself of God's promises to you. So it doesn't necessarily have to be um, trying. I mean, you should always be learning about learning about God and your faith, but those reminders are really helpful to keep you from falling away uh, from Christianity. And uh, if you remind yourself daily, uh, you're gonna your faith is gonna show in your life. Thanks, James. That's good advice for our um, other high school students, junior high students, the people that are coming up behind you. Thank you so much. Today, I have Thomas Kalnans with me, and Thomas, tell us where you're graduating from, what school, and what your future plans are. Um, I'm graduating from Lincoln East this year, and I plan on next year, I'm going to UNL and majoring in economics. So. Okay, and 
Um, so the other question I've been asking each of you is something that ties back to the church and your walk with God. And so I was wondering if you could answer the question, how has God surprised you in your faith journey? Um, I've been thinking about the, that and um, it, my mind just goes to um, Covenant Cedars and camp there. And it's just the nights of having our like sermons and the sessions there and the like worship and songs. And that's just kind of, it's such like a feeling of like overwhelming that you just feel God and it's just, you just know he's there. And it's just, that's kind of every year going to camp has just kind of re-energized that feeling in myself, I guess is how I would word it. Yeah. I think a lot of people can give testimony to how close they feel to God at camp. Um, and I'd add, aside from recognizing our seniors that we need to be praying for camp because this is going to be a challenging, challenging summer. Thank you for sharing that, Thomas. Yeah, of course. Hi, it's Pastor Jody again, and I, we, we want to continue to honor our seniors and our graduates. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Evan Miller, and I'm graduating from Lincoln Northeast High School. And um, my future plans are to go to South Dakota State University, and I'll be studying music education there. And don't really have very a very good idea of what that's going to look like or how it's going to be moving away or anything like that. But that's pretty much all I know is what I'll, what I'll be studying and where I'm going to study. So, and Evan, that's enough to know for right now for a graduating senior. Uh, South Dakota State and music education sounds like a really good fit for you. Uh, t can you tell me, I've been asking each senior an, a second question in addition to the standard, what are you doing next year? But t can you tell me about someone in the congregation who has walked alongside of you in the past years? Um, I would say that Sherry Erickson has walked alongside me through different different years in my life. Um, I remember in middle school being in confirmation. I enjoyed having her in the confirmation process and kind of teaching with Pastor Evan um, just a, a lot of different things and then kind of helping us understand the the things that we were being taught and I also just had a pretty good relationship with her outside of the church too and so then it made it I guess more comfortable for me being in confirmation with someone that I knew pretty closely um, and I also just had a lot of fun with her baking bread and making mac and cheese and cuddling her cats and things like that and so you got to know make her. bread with her yeah she she taught me how to break bread one time it was pretty fun oh I did not know that she gave lessons cuddling well, cats and mac and cuddling cats and mac and cheese I can understand that but baking bread I thought that was a secret well maybe it is a secret I don't know but <laughs> I, I don't think that she's open for teaching lessons. This was a long time ago, but okay, all right. Yeah, I was, I was a pretty little kid. 
That's a great story. Sherry has walked alongside many students for which we are thankful. Let's transition now as to our responsive reading. We'll be using uh, words of 1 Peter as we've been doing throughout the sermon series and you will find it on the screen. I will read the light print and I invite you to read the bold print. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into, together, into, into an, an inheritance, inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by the fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Fun to hear the testimony of those uh, high school graduates. Uh, so many plans have changed, and yet there's so much hope and excitement for what the future holds. That's exciting to see. I'm glad we got to begin uh, as we enter into First Peter that way to hear uh, from what's happening in their lives and what God has done, and who's influenced them too, which is really exciting to hear. It sounds like uh, Sherry's secret recipe is still safe from what I heard, uh, but maybe someday we'll get it, right? Um, let's turn in the scriptures to 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7, if you would. Um, and we're going to go two verses at a time uh, up until verse 11. So I encourage you to follow along with a Bible um, on your phone, tablet, whatever you got. Let's follow along. Let's just read those uh, first two verses 
uh, chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. Peter writes, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. As we begin there, um, Peter raises up the issue of humility, but I believe he also brings up something that uh, may be close to us as a really important uh, issue and theme right now, which is anxiety. Cast all your anxiety on him. Uh, just even a few weeks ago as we were beginning stay-at-home orders and wondering what life was going to look like and we were starting to gather materials and extra toilet paper and all the things that we were going to stock up in our pantries, uh, there was a lot of anxiety and fear even then. You could almost feel it in the air. And I believe that's still very much with us. We walk around with this anxiety and fear regularly right now. So when Peter writes this, this is a word that we can hear pretty easily right now, I think. But I want to put this issue of anxiety and humility together so we can understand what he's saying. And let's just give a simple, almost don't need to give it definition of anxiety, but that's worry or concern over something that's about to happen. That's what anxiety is. Now, I would add to that that anxiety often brings with it not just worry or concern for something that's about to happen, something imminent, but often what comes with the territory of anxiety is all the other scenarios that could potentially happen. And so when we start to understand that, we can recognize that anxiety in and of itself can be fairly natural. We've all experienced butterflies in our tummy and that sort of thing. Um, and that can kind of be a cue that maybe something unexpected or that we're not used to or not ready for is about to happen, whatever the case might be. But anxiety can get out of hand very fast. Anxiety can take over very quickly because we begin to think about the worst case scenarios or what about this and what if and what if and what if and what if and all the what ifs start to snowball and make that anxiety and that worry way out of control. Some of it may be real, some of it may be way beyond real, but the feeling is definitely real. Humility, on the other hand, um, and Pastor Jody alluded to it in her prayer uh, very well. It's sort of a sense of lowliness, perhaps, but the best definition, I think, still goes to C.S. Lewis, who says, basically, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. It's having a proper and appropriate priority. And, and there you have a relationship between anxiety and humility that I think is important, because they're really questions of priority, and uh, a key question that we ask with them is, what do I care about most? when it comes to humility and anxiety. What's going to take priority in my thoughts, in my feelings even, as I move forward? What's going to cause me to make decisions, basically, as I go forward? Is my anxiety going to do it or something else? And Peter's pitting that against humility. There's an a, a exercise I've done with people before. Um, it's fairly common among leadership groups and things like that, but to try and understand yourself that, that I think could help us understand here. Um, it's a little uh, exercise where you take about 25 of these kind of cards that have different themes on them, and you lay them out, and you kind of figure out what are my top priorities in life, and what are the things that kind of are secondary, and the things that, that don't figure into my decision-making matrix. And, and so, for instance, uh, if in my case, wisdom typically pops up to the top of the list. That is, I value it and I hope to exhibit it. Uh, you know, it's debatable whether or not that happens. But if later down on my list, efficiency, which is still one of my top 
values is there, and I have to make a decision where I have to balance something that's wise versus something that's efficient, those two might butt into each other uh, if, if the efficient choice isn't actually the wise choice. The same thing happens when we're in groups working together, and if somebody has the value of, let's say, teamwork, somebody has the value of autonomy, I want to do it myself, I want to do it with the team, those two things could compete against one another very easily. And that's what ends up happening with what Peter's talking about here with anxiety. It actually competes with humility in that sort of way. If we kind of put this differently, uh, anxiety says, I'm not sure who's in control. I'm not sure what's around the corner, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act and live thinking that the worst is around the corner. That's often what anxiety says to us, whereas humility, the way Peter's talking about it, is God is in control, and I'm going to live like his hope is the future I'm headed towards. You hear the difference and how they can be in competition. Anxiety, I'm not sure who is in control, and I'm living like the, the catastrophic and the worst things could happen, all the what-ifs. Humility says God is in control. I know those things could happen. That's not the ultimate one who holds my life in his hand. I'm going to live as if God is in control, right? The humble heart says, God is in control, even if it feels like I should be anxious. That's a humble hope, which is our title today. If we continue on in the text, verses 8 and 9, they say, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. Suffering, hardship, struggle, worry, those are all a normal part of life. Everybody experiences those things. What Peter's telling us, why not to be anxious and why not to live into that worry, though, is important because worry and anxiety, sometimes worry has been treated as if it's actually an expression of care. It can be for a very short term, perhaps, but not for very long. But what we have to recognize is that worry and anxiety may be profound and we may have a profound feeling of those things, but they're not virtuous. They don't, by, by living into worry and anxiety, we do not become more like God. What are the effects of anxiety then? Why would Peter even bring it up? When we look at anxiety, uh, anxiety causes worry that cannot fix a problem. We don't, worry itself doesn't fix a problem. Jesus talks about this famously in Matthew 6. He says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And that's, it's a passage of humility again. Whose control are you living under? God's or someone else's or something else? And he's reflected on the birds of the air and the flowers of the field and how uh, God takes care of them. Isn't he going to take care of you if you put yourself under his care? Now we can reflect on this a little further though and think uh, like this morning as I drove in to, to get ready for this service, uh, there was a fox chasing a squirrel just down the street here, and the fox was very close to getting that squirrel. While squirrels may put on a nice front sometimes, let's just face it, they live in fear because they recognize they're lower down in the food chain and things are trying to get them. Animals that are lower on the food chain live in fear, and that's actually what anxiety does to us. It causes us to live that way, in a state of worry and fear if it takes over us. And that's not how God designed us to live and operate. 
and exist. Anxiety, because of that, that fearfulness and, and the fact that it can't fix anything and it wor- works on us so much, also messes up our relationships then. Right? We start to turn inward and, and we start to, to look at the worst case scenarios and that just takes us inward in a downward spiral the more and more we take that on. And real community doesn't actually happen in those. Real relationships are kind of are strained in those. And in this time when we've been advised to keep physical distance, if you recall, social distance sometimes gets used, but what we mean is physical distance, because right now we're connected, right? Online, you're commenting, and I'll have a question for you in a moment uh, as you're online, but, but you're commenting, you're connected, you're calling people, you're texting, you're emailing, you're Zooming. We're all connected socially right now, but we're physically distancing, but anxiety, when it takes hold, it actually makes physical distance become social distance if we're not careful. And so here's a question to consider, and you may answer it online in the comments section. Uh, What do you miss most about being around other people? What do you miss most about being in church with your brothers and sisters in Christ, or or being at work, or being uh, even at the playground, or wherever it is? What do you miss most about in this time of physical distance? Living into anxiety takes us away from those things. And then a third thing to point out that Peter doesn't say directly, but it's there, I think, is that in anxiety, we know this, there's a physical element to anxiety too, right? We've all, as I said, experienced butterflies in our tummy when we're nervous, for instance, Uh, but it also causes ulcers the more we live into anxiety, heartburn, all the kinds of things that can go along with that. It can lead to depression, and it can even shorten your lifespan if we live into anxiety as a way of life. Peter's telling the churches of Asia Minor, you're already suffering enough. It's not of your own doing. It's of your faith in Jesus Christ that you're suffering and struggling right now. Don't bring more suffering onto yourself by being anxious in the midst of that other suffering that's coming on. Don't have a self-inflicted sense of suffering in the midst of this. Peter says, cast that onto God. Live under his care and into his hope release those worries that's the beginning of humility and in fact as you're uh, in the comment section consider this as well this might be a little deeper question but try it out what do you need to release to god that keeps you up at night maybe you're not willing to comment write it down on a piece of paper but for for the bold feel free to tell us something that you need to release we can all pray for you that that could in fact happen Brother Lawrence, writing in the 1600s, said, we should often remind ourselves that our only business in this life is to please God. That is, we're supposed to live humbly. We're supposed to have that priority in right perspective of where we stand compared to where God stands. And humility, why we would live in humility is that humility focuses our hope in the right place. Anxiety misdirects that. Worry misdirects that hope and causes us to live somewhere else. Humility focuses our hope in the right place. Peter, in in verse 8, he said, Be alert and of sober mind. He started the letter with that. Now he's ending the letter with that same line. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And the devil is prowling around. 
and his workers with him. Who's he praying on? Peter's not saying he's necessarily praying specifically on individuals, although that's part of the, the task that he's on. He's praying on the church is what he's trying to do. The people who claim allegiance to Jesus Christ. But he might do so by picking out the influential but vulnerable when we live into anxiety and worry rather than humbling ourselves before God. Living humbly focuses our hope. Living humbly increases our dependence on God as well. Right? The cause of worry is often things that we can't really fix. Or we can't fix right then. Or worry itself isn't going to do the fixing of those things. And in many cases, the only thing that can fix our deepest anxiety is God's work and the hope that God has. You see, what we can't fix, God can Dependence on God is the fix for anxiety. In verse 7, there's an invitation that Peter gives about anxiety that I think should not be missed. Cast all your anxiety on him. Cast it on him. It's an invitation to get rid of it. To get rid of that which would not only hold you back from God, but also make you suffer in in the midst of it, and, and not for any good reason in so many cases. You replace anxiety with thankfulness is really what you could do. This has been my cure-all for this. When I get anxious, and I do get anxious, I take the thing that I'm getting anxious about, and I say, you know what, God, I'm going to hand it over to you, and I'm going to say thank you that I could even get anxious about this. The car is not working. Thank you, God, that I even have a car to get anxious about. Now I'm going to hand it over to you and we're going to walk through this together. So here's a question to consider, and you may be a testimony this morning if you answer this in the comment section online, but what are you thankful for right now? Go ahead and comment. What are you thankful for right now? Not what are you handing over that's, that's, that keeps you up at night. That's one question, but the other side of that, what are you thankful for? Finally, to live humbly before God, it brings us closer to God. Not simply dependent, but brings us into proximity with God to become more like Jesus. And that's really what Peter's been talking about. Be holy as I am holy. That's been the call through the whole letter. That is to become like Jesus because we have said yes to Jesus and his resurrection transforms us. That's what Peter's been writing about. And we can recognize that we will have days of anxiety and worry, and that's a serious thing. It's a real thing. They're real feelings and real emotions that we have to deal with. They've got to be dealt with. But until we cast them off and hand them over to Jesus Christ and lay them before God, they're not going to make us more like Jesus. They're going to pull us away. They're going to make us less dependent on God and pull us further away from God the more we live into that anxiety and that worry. They only bring you closer as you hand them over and live humbly before God. Handing them over is the beginning of humility and recognizing that God is in control and God walks with me through the suffering, through the hardship, and through the anxiety in this life. As a final promise and blessing, uh, sort of benediction Peter in verses 10 and 11 he says and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will call himself well will himself restore you and make you strong firm and steadfast 
To him be the power forever and ever. Why hand over this anxiety? Why seek humility? Peter kind of packages it nicely for us. Humble yourself at the beginning. He says, humble yourself under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up. And at the end, he says, then then you're going to be able to live into that hope that God has to become like Jesus Christ and to one day live in his eternal glory with him. You draw closer through that humility so that one day you are as close as possible to God, looking like him restored. You see, God will restore. God will put everything to right in the end for those who put their hope in him. So as a final challenge to comment, you can be a testimony to someone else. Go ahead and comment in the comment section as you're watching online. Where is your hope today? Maybe you could alternatively look at this with the language that Peter used. What are you hoping God's going to restore? Or what could, in what way could God make you strong, firm, and steadfast as you put your hope humbly in him? Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you that you give us the invitation to cast our cares off and to be humble before you. You give us the invitation to walk forward into your hope, towards your glory, towards your kingdom come, your will be done. That the suffering and difficulty we experience now, we recognize when we live humbly before you, you walk with us, but that's only a small part of what you have in store for us. That one day that suffering and the grief and the anxiety, and the worry, and the hardship will be gone. There'll be history for those of us who follow you and are being transformed in the image of Jesus Christ by his resurrection. Lord, may that be our story today. For those of us that haven't said yes, may we say yes to Jesus Christ so we can experience that story. And for those of us who carry around worry and anxiety, Lord, help us hand it over. Help us hand it over right now with open arms. you. Amen. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Jesus, the name above every other.
always by my side. Find ourselves in a pandemic that we've never lived through before. Um, so receive this benediction a summary of 1 Peter 5. May the hope of Christ overshadow everything you do. May knowing your future hope in Christ motivate you today to live out your hope daily as you walk through this short time that we have together. May you be humbled at the task before you of following Christ and leading other people to know him. When trials and storms come your way, which we know they will, may you cast each anxiety and care upon him who is strong enough to bear them. May he who loved you enough to give up his life for you strengthen you and help you to stand in the day of trouble. If not delivering you, may God place brothers and sisters on either side of you to lift you up. You will never suffer alone. May our loving God help you to live each day of this fleeting life in ways that allow you to participate today in the eternal and glorious story that God is writing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace today and always. Amen. And nothing for the against we shall